All right, it is Thursday, and it is February 8th, 2024. On our prayer list, um, Bob for his son, Mike, and hoping uh, that he might change his mind about going to Chicago. Unsafe family members, pray for the situation in Europe, in the Middle East, and in our country. For Eric and Rex and Ted and John, America, President Trump and family. Uh, looks like a Nicole. Yeah, she's a uh, niece of a friend of mine that has cancer. Oh. Unsaved family members. All veterans. Situation in the Middle East. Pray, praying for lost loved ones to come to Christ. Pray for our country. We need more revival. I think there's a lot of revival going on. Pray for the children. And um, something about all the idiots in DC to get saved. All the idiots in DC to get saved. That would be nice. Probably isn't going to happen, but it would be nice. Uh, family members of Mrs. Glennis Morris. Yeah, Jerry's aunt, Glennis, passed, and the funeral's tomorrow, and you guys are all going. Um, I remember our friend Jack Mullen. You all met him. He was a naval submarine during Nam. I think he's, he's going to pop in tomorrow afternoon because he's been up Pennsylvania uh, to that outdoor show mm. he's hanging in there for peace and blessings brother Earl just for whatever blessing he needs for strength and, uh, Marcos and his son Marta and Charles and their family our prayer team Gail and Janice and Ruben they read this card they pray Osman on there too. Mention Osman for wherever he is, Lord, might we hear from him. About the family of Toby Keith. Yeah. yeah. He seemed like a pretty decent guy. I believe he was Toby certainly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he passed away. He had stomach cancer. Yeah. Sixty one years old. How long ago? Beginning of this ago. week. He fed with it for a couple, two, three years, so yeah. praying for Sam and his Marine Corps career. Praying for Tucker Carlson and his family, career, children and grandchildren, their southern border issue. Um, let's uh, join our hands. Okay. Did you need something, Gordon? No, I'm good. You sure? Yeah. yeah. Um, and Father God, we thank you for this assembly. We thank you, God, that these that are here have been able to come. We just pray that any who are yet on their way would arrive safely i pray god you help us to learn tonight from your word guide us as we study we have the prayer list that was mentioned and you know those needs in the name of jesus i pray thanking you amen, amen. i've got exactly nothing planned but i didn't get to luke 21 last week so we'll do that um Luke 21 is, you know, and the reason we were looking at 
we looked at Matthew 24 and um, we noticed that in the middle of Matthew 24, Jesus is describing what surely seems to be the um, tribulation. And then He says, and then the Gospel will be preached to the end of the earth and then the end will come. And um, and, and it, it just dawned on me as I looked at that one day how that happens, and we talked about it. Um, and let's see. I'm just trying to... It's going to be verse 14 of, Revel, of Matthew 24. And it talks about how tough things are going to be. You know, nation rising against nation, famines, earthquakes, uh, diseases in different places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. This is Matthew 24. Excuse me. 24 and 9. And an earthquake in Florida today. I didn't know that. 4.0 off the coast of uh, they'll deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations and he says all this about the love of many waxing cold um, he who shall endure to the end will be saved and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Last week we saw that that is Revelation 14. That's not debatable. That's not debatable at all. It's that angel preaching the gospel around the world. That's Revelation 14. That is not all of the evangelists and witnesses going out and beating the bushes of South American jungles. Because if that had been effective it wouldn't be necessary for that angel in Revelation 14 to preach the gospel, right? We can see this, right? You're talking about the 444,000? No, um, the, <coughs> the ones in... The, the one, uh, they Actually, to be honest, yeah. They're, well, they're primarily uh, for the Jews, so they're not maybe going throughout the whole world. Well, let's read what it says. Um... Back to Revelation 14. Um, let's see. These are actually these uh, trumpet, well, I guess trumpet judgments have already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, It's verse 6. He says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven. Realize this is after the seal judgments and after the trumpet judgments. I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. This is everybody. So that is when this gospel of Matthew 24, he says this gospel will be preached to the whole world. That's when it happens. And Verse 7 tells you what that gospel is. Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of the waters. 
Um, so you can still get saved by grace in the tribulation because that's what the gospel is. He wouldn't have called it the gospel. It wouldn't be called the gospel. The gospel is the good news. So um, that's comforting to see because a lot of that stuff that you fear in Matthew 24 that we're going to go through, he's talking about the tribulation itself. Um, we noticed in Luke 17, one taken, one left. Uh, that That is in Luke 17, and he waits until chapter 21 to talk about really what the Olivet Discourse is um, about the temple being destroyed, about... Um, See, there's no one taken, one left in Luke, Luke 21. Let's just read it. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury, and he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance cast in, unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury, poverty, hath cast in all the living that she had. As some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, As for these things which you behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be, and what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. All right. We kind of know this all of it, Discourse. This is um, Luke's rendering of it. Uh, we do notice that... Uh, Matthew puts what you find in Luke 17 about one taken and one left near the end of Matthew 24. Um, that has got to be the rapture. We've talked about rapture timing, especially with regard to Deuteronomy 24 and 5. And Deuteronomy 24 5 means that the rapture is at the beginning of the tribulation. Is there eight years? They need not be. Uh, there could just be seven. I'm going to assume seven because it's Daniel's 70th week. And so... I'm sorry, Turbo. What are you doing under there? <laughs> Stuck my foot out and I kicked at him. Yeah, he needs to go outside. <clears throat> so connecting all things like that, you know, and... Um, making it making it make sense is, is what we need to do um, when you have something that's pretty clear well let me go back to when that gospel was going to be preached all around the world it's preached all around the world after the seal judgments and after the trumpet judgments and all hell's breaking loose. And then the angel goes out and preaches. And then the end will come, he said. Um, 
if if anyone has it in view that it's going to be human evangelists, human witnesses to to the whole population, even if they had a hundred percent success, why would the angel do it again? He'll do it again because you can't have a hundred percent success with human agency. You won't anyway. No, you wouldn't. But you know, we try. And we're supposed to try. We're supposed to share the word. We're supposed to be able to give a it's answer. Like God's given everybody the final opportunity. Yep. Opportunity. Yeah. It's now or never. People, will you believe an angel? Yeah. It's now or never. And I think the people that have taken the mark at that point aren't going to be able to be saved. Right. It seems like, according to the way of straight reading of it, they're not going to be saved. So. Uh, Luke 21 goes on through these troubled things that we know um, from Matthew 24 are coming upon the people of the earth. Um, He talks about they'll lay hands on you, verse 12, persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues. Synagogues, um, uh, that's where the Jewish hierarchy will, will take you because you're believing according to them you're not believing in the right Messiah. They're going to be believing in this Antichrist and thinking he's the Messiah. So you think it, those are the uh, Zionists? Um, I hear that term a lot, but I, I don't know exactly what's meant by it. It's usually cast around by people who are against the Jewish people altogether and who don't recognize Israel as Israel. You've got people that teach uh, what is called replacement theology, that the church has replaced Israel. Now, that was taught for many, many centuries. But then all of a sudden, Israel comes back. In 1948, Israel's back. Now what are you going to do? Well, they ignore that and say that's, no, that's just a coincidence. Man, that's, that's really treacherous ground. When God fulfills one of his promises and you say, oh, Israel doesn't mean anything anymore. Now, are there corrupt people there? Oh, yeah. There are corrupt people there in government, just like here. You know, we have in, um, keep your place in Luke 21, but go to Ezekiel, and it's in the chapter 37. Ezekiel is being given visions to write down, Ezekiel 37. It's called the Valley of Dry Bones. And if you was a little kid and someone was reading this, it'd scare you. That kind of scares a little bit anyway. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, God, thou knowest. Again he answered unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will 
bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Now, no breath, no ruach. It's the spirit. They didn't have the spirit. So basically, you've got flesh and blood Israel back in their original land where they, you know, where the scripture said that they would be brought back into that land. And, um, you know, the, the thing happens, and it's just bothersome that so many people will say, oh, it doesn't mean anything. That's not Israel. Israel's, you know, the church. The church is Israel. Hmm. Isaiah 11, chapter 11, verse 11, says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time, second time, to recover the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. There are replacement theologians that read this and say, oh, that's a, that's a Babylonian captivity when they were taken into Babylon. That's mm-hmm. what that's talking about. Anybody want to guess on why that's not what that's talking about? How many nations did he name there? He didn't say, I'll bring you back from Babylon. And he also said, it should come to pass that I'll do it a second time. Well, the first time was the Babylonian <laughs> captivity, and now these uh, Jewish people have been scattered all over the world, living pretty much everywhere, in, in every ethnicity. Uh, the tribe of Dan was Ethiopian. You know, people think, oh, they're a different race. No, they're not. There's one race, the human race. There are different ethnicities. And wherever, you, wherever your genealogy and your generations are from, that's what kind of effect, you know, we tend to adapt a bit. You know, you've got your uh, Eskimos in northern Chinese, they squint their eyes. Why is that? Because of the sun all the time. And pretty soon, you, you're, you're offspring, you're kind of born, and you already got that. you got that squint going on. If you live in the area of the hot desert and blazing sun, your children's skin will darken a bit. And their children's skin will darken a bit more. And that's because, hey, black people don't get sunburned that I'm aware of. Um, Truth be told, their skin is better skin than white people's skin. You know, Reverend Davis was 81 or two years old. He did not look that old. Um, You know, that's just the way it is. They've got that skin from African ancestry. But it's a human race. When people say racism, racism, there can't be racism. There's one race. So, you know, we can't let these characters define the uh, narrative there. But um, 
So Israel is back. They don't have the breath yet. It said they stood up, but they didn't, didn't have any breath, and they don't. Most of them are very agnostic. Uh, a lot of them are claiming that they're Jewish and they're not really Jewish. And Jesus addresses that in Revelation. Um, but they are a beloved people and God has a separate covenant with Israel. Dual covenant, dual covenant. I hear people bashing. Guess, take that up with God. He's the one that made their covenant. And he made with us a new testament, a new covenant, right? That's what Jesus said. That doesn't negate the old one that he made with Israel. So everybody wants a, a Cliff's Notes quick start version of uh, a biblical truth, and there just isn't one. There just isn't such a thing. Unless you just want to accept Christ knowing that he's God and that he died and rose again, and you believe that, then you're saved. You don't have to have doctrine down pat to be effective. Peter didn't. Peter was Judaizing people. We've talked about that. Going around wouldn't eat with the, with the Gentiles. Well, that's unclean food there, Peter says. He's like, and bringing other people into the deception. And Paul took, him up on, uh, took that up with him in Galatians 2. Peter didn't listen because Peter had to be shown that vision of that sheet in Acts chapter 10 before he finally got it. But he was still doing effective work. It's, it's encouraging to know that you can have a few things wrong on your doctrine, yet you can still be effective. God can still use you. So um, all this stuff going down in Luke 21, he says they're going to kill some of you all. He then says, and I think he said it too in Matthew, I think, but, but there will not be a hair of your head perish. He, he isn't looking at us as flesh and blood that we are or the flesh and blood body that we use. In the resurrection, there won't be a hair missing. That's what he said. You'll be put back to perfection. Um, in your patience, verse 19, possess ye your souls. Verse 20, And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with enemies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Days of vengeance. All things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck, nursing mothers, in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power 
and great glory. Okay, so they're going to see it. That's everybody. Everybody's going to see it. This is the end of the tribulation. You know that this is the tribulation because of what he's been describing, right? Verse 28, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift your heads up, for your redemption draws nigh. And he spake to them a parable, Behold, the fig tree and all the trees, when they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise you, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until all be fulfilled. People have discussed what that means for centuries. Uh, well, you know, uh, it could actually be taken more than a way or two. Um, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The earth will be changed. The way we see the earth, he's renovating it. He's changing it. A new heavens and a new earth to begin the millennial age. And at the end of that thousand years, another new heavens and new earth. The millennial age, the new heavens and new earth there... Um, that's uh well go to Isaiah sixty five. <clears throat> and verse seventeen and on. He says, For behold I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die at a hundred years old. But the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. And they, now that's if you die. If you, if you die at a hundred, you're being accursed. The NIV has that, that way, and I'm sure that's right. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble. The, the mothers will not have pain in childbirth. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. You all right, Turbo? Um, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. Take that literally. The Jewish people, the 144,000, will repopulate 
the earth in the millennial age. And um, yeah, they'll they'll have vineyards, they'll plant, they'll they'll basically it'll agriculture. And a man's days will be as the years of a tree, hundreds and hundreds of years old, as we saw in the Old Testament, right? It's going to be that way again. Uh, now, what about the church? What about us? We have glorified bodies. We would not die. We cannot die. He seals us that, that, that we are in Christ forever once you're saved. And when you get that glorified body, it's kind of appears to be a hyperdimensional um, body. You can go through walls. You can transport from one place to another to snap your fingers. We saw something like that with Philip in, uh, I think it was in Acts 8 maybe, somewhere in there. He had to be ministering to that Ethiopian nobleman who didn't understand the book of Isaiah, it said. So Philip went and helped explain it to him. So that's going to be one of the jobs we may have. I might go and help explain the Word of God more perfectly to human beings living here. And all the human beings living in this millennial age are not going to be Jewish. You're going to have Gentile survivors of the tribulation. Uh, You're going to see that, that fact in Isaiah 66 and in Zechariah 14. So, you have to have Jewish people in order to be, to explain the 144,000. Trust me, they're not Jehovah Witnesses. Um, but there they are. In the tribulation sealed, they can't be hurt. Um, how does that seal work? God knows. But they can't be hurt. Even though everything that's going on on the world is really bad, these 144,000 virgin males can't be hurt. So, um, you know, we come to that point in Luke 21 where, you know, he says, uh, they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Okay, that's not the rapture. That's the second coming. That's the return of Christ. The rapture is not the second coming. He doesn't come down here. He catches us up, right? Mm -hmm. And to be with him in the clouds. And there will be that seven-year period that we, I suspect, are being taught, being, you know, shown how things are going to be uh, when we do come back here with him. He's coming back and bringing us with him. So the fig tree parable, we read that. He said his words won't pass away. He doesn't want us to be deceived. And take heed to yourselves, verse 34, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, you know, goofing off and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that the day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. It's not talking about the rapture. Not everybody on the face of the earth is going to be raptured, obviously. Verse 36, Watch you therefore and pray always 
that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's the most pivotal verse in that chapter. Honestly, one of the most pivotal verses in all of the Gospels. Pray that you be accounted worthy to escape these things. Would he tell you to pray such a thing if it weren't going to do some good for you? If it had no way of doing good for you? He wouldn't tell you to pray that you might be counted worthy to escape these things. One way that you'll escape them is in the rapture. The one taken, one left. Remember we talked about the one taken is the one you want to be, Paralambano. You want to be taken where? Where the eagles are gathered together, up in the sky. You're going to be caught up. And then, you know, 1 Thessalonians 4, that talks about this rapture event. And, you know, I think last week I touched on my reasoning for a fall rapture. Uh, that Micah chapter 7, it's pretty to me it's pretty convincing. This seems to have happened after the fall harvest. There's no grape gleanings. Remember we talked about this last week. <coughs> the good man has perished or vanished from the earth. Your Bible said vanished. <coughs> Some say disappeared from the earth. Come on. What do you reckon that's talking about? It's talking about the rapture of the church, I think. Pretty certain. When does it happen? Right after the grape harvest. First Thessalonians four. Now, by the way, that's my opinion, but I gave you the I gave you the scripture that convinces me of that. Um. So we're going to go to First Thessalonians four. Let's pick it up at thirteen. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. This asleep, you know, Paul doesn't say they're dead because you're not. You can't die. All of us in this room, we're saved. We can't die. We can get out of this flesh and blood body, but we'll still not be dead. We're not going to die. The ultimate death would be to die unsaved and be put in hell, but you're still conscious. But you put yourself there. I've heard people say, well, what kind of a loving God would put somebody in hell? He doesn't want you to go to hell. He made a way so that you wouldn't have to. If you want to deny Him, thumb your nose at Him, curse Him, avoid Him, you're just hurting yourself. I mean, he's given you what it takes to live. And if you were starving and dying of thirst, out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness, and you're at death's door, and someone brought a table and put bread and water on that table because he wants you to live. He wants to see you sustain. But you don't take the bread and water. Well, if I take that, I'll be in debt to him. I don't want to owe him nothing. Well, then starve to death, but blame only yourself. <clears throat> Verse 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do, 
Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Will God bring with him. If you are passed from this life and you are resting in Christ, sleeping, so to speak, when he returns, he's going to bring you with him. He brings those with him when he comes back. When does he come back? At the end of the tribulation. He parts the clouds, right? For this, verse 15, we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. <clears throat> I like how Chuck Mesler put it, said that... Um, you know, these people that think the rapture's at the end of the tribulation, you just go, you're caught up, and you make an immediate U-turn, you come straight back here. Well, what sense does that make? He said it'd make the wedding supper of the Lamb more like a box lunch. Now, we'll spend seven years, and none of us can imagine what that seven years will be like. Paul said, I hasn't seen, ear has not heard. He talked about unimaginable things when he was shown the third heaven. Just so he could let some folks here know. It's going to be amazing. We uh, right now are hearing all kinds of stories about, well, this is happening in America, and that's happening, and they're going to do this, and then they're going to do that. And we brought in hundreds of thousands of Chinese, and they're all training. They're not that stupid. This nation is armed to the teeth. An interesting thing happened in this little town during the Civil War. Uh, it was Captain Toland. It's called Toland's Raid from the north. They came down. They rode in, They wanted to control this area of the lead mines over there where you can get lead. So... Um, all of the fighting age men from Withville were gone. Sam knows this very well. He's a history guy. <laughs> they were gone. But grandmas were sticking shotguns out the windows of their kitchens and shooting men off their horses. And the whole town opened up on them and um, Tolan retreated. <coughs> now, yes, later they came back with enough people to actually take it. But... Um, if you're talking about taking the entire country over, you know, all of the people that are armed and would, would stand resistance, you could bring in a million Chinese. You'd never get the job done. Wherever you went into America, you're surrounded. Um, so let's just try to use common sense and not be afraid of these things. I want to look at Psalm 91. We can be, um, 
we can be easily put into fear if um, if we watch too much of the propaganda. And our own government is is the all-time reigning chief of propaganda. Do they want to cause a power grid down and they're going to blame it on a cyber attack by the Chinese when they did it themselves? You know, the thing is that um, they play both ends against the middle all the time. They've just arrested a fellow who's threatened with 10 years in prison because the FBI lured him into a, a little pact with some, quote, militia. And um, then one of them asked where he might be able to get a, a suppressor for AK-47. And he said, let me see what I can come up with. Well, next thing you know, he's got one. He sells it to the FBI guy for 100 bucks. It's not marked. It doesn't have serial number. It doesn't have a name on it. It's something homemade. Where did he get it? For 100 bucks. Some he could have. But uh, Black Scout, uh, Jack Richland on YouTube, is a good channel to watch, uh, Black Scout Survival. He suspects that one of the other agents passed that thing to him. And then, because you know they have all kinds of them that they've confiscated, and they've probably got dump truck loads of them that they've confiscated. Is Forrest coming? He is. He said that when Christina got home, they were really tired. She was really tired, and they took a nap, and he forgot to set the alarm. <laughs> he just woke up. All right. Send him on a dummy mission, Dan. Something like this, you know. So, we got to be wise as serpents and gentle as ducks. But that guy walked right into that trap. They didn't have him on anything until he did that. He, yeah, he said, I'll go to the border. I, I've got a 6.5 Creedmoor and I can snipe. I can snipe these people coming in. But he didn't do it. He just said, I could do it. But then they just kept... Fanning the flames, tending the fire, and they got him into a position where he sold an FBI agent an unregistered suppressor. Not wise on his part, but, you know, baiting people, setting them up. He just gave it to them for $100. 100 bucks won't touch a suppressor, not a good one, you know. So in uh, Psalm 91, let's not be fearful of the days we're living in. Let's think about these days. And then let's think about the Word of God. How many foreigners are coming in? A lot, it looks like. Can they set up PSYOPs? They can. Uh, do they want to do something massive to try to bring this nation down so that they don't have an election, which Donald Trump will most certainly win? They won't be able to cheat to the extent they did last time. There's still people out there that think the election was fair. How do you reason with someone that dense? <laughs> well, uh, but, you know, it's, just, it's insane. Verse 1, Psalm 91, start to beginning. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence, disease. 
He'll deliver you from the snare of the fowler. If that man that fell into that FBI trap had been in this word and meditating on it and claiming it for himself, you have to claim the word of God for yourself. God meant it for you. He meant for you to trust in him. Now you call that word out when you pray. Say, God, you said thus and such. I like how when Abraham was debating the Lord for Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> Abraham said, far be it from you, Lord, to, to kill the righteous with the wicked. So what was he doing? He was showing God that he knew God's nature. He was demonstrating to God, well, I know you. I know you wouldn't kill the righteous with the wicked. And that's right. God wouldn't. He removes the righteous before the judgment comes. Before the wrath. You know, the scripture says in 1 Thessalonians, um, well, it says it a couple places, we're not appointed to wrath. We are not appointed to wrath. The wrath of God and the Lamb is poured out at the end of chapter 6 of Revelation. Those are the seal judgments. Just the seal judgments. I'm going to come back to Psalm 91. Keep your place there. But look what happens. Just the seal judgments. And they were the easiest of them. They were the easiest of the um, judgments. you got the seal judgments. You've got the um, trumpet judgments. And you've got the bowls or the vials, like test tubes or bowls. This is just the seal judgments, the seven seals. End of chapter 6 of Revelation, verse 15. And the kings of earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? We're not appointed to wrath. Well, look right here. It goes right into chapter 7 and the sealing of these 144,000, so they won't be harmed because it's, starting, it's getting ready to get worse. Isn't it? It's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse again. This is just the seal judgments. And look what these people have resorted to. They want to die. They want to hide. How do people think the church goes into the tribulation? There's no, no good Bible to... We don't. We don't. But they'll go to certain little verses and talk about we're going to wear out the saints. He's going to do this. this. Yes, there are people getting saved in the tribulation. Why would the angel in Revelation 14 even bother to preach the gospel? Yes, people are getting saved. And it's going to be tough on them. And many of them are going to die. That's a different group of people than the ones that are raptured. You know? Um, that's uh, Malachi. Somebody going and said Malachi, the Italian gospel. Go ahead, somebody. Malachi. Malachi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. That's like you're trying to read some scripture and somebody says, therefore. Therefore. Now, wait a minute. Every time you see therefore... You gotta stop and ask yourself what it's there for. You know, like I ain't heard that 5,000 times if I heard it once, it ain't funny anymore. Same way with the dog that got his tail cut off. Listen here. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was The dog that what? 
Ah, it's Gordon's sick joke. Oh, it's never not gonna be any longer. Than this one. That's it. Guess you had to be there. Oh, I'm gonna read. There. I'm gonna read these verses. <laughs> 16, 17, and 18, at the end of Malachi 3. Malachi 3, verse 16, Then they that feared... And I don't think that's a coincidence either. There's a lot of 316 verses that are pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Then they that feared the Lord often spake one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him, for them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. I'll spare them. Spare them from what? The wrath. Look at um, Isaiah 26. You're going to see that there too. Go shut yourselves into your little rooms for a while because uh, I am going to judge the earth. Well, who gets to go in them little rooms? Those who are his. These jewels he talks about here. Is there any place we find in symbolic Old Testament scripture that um, they go into little rooms? Yep. The Feast of Tabernacles, that's what they do. They go into the rooms. How long? Seven days. Day for a year. That's a picture. He's going to spare them. Then it says, verse 18, Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. We'll return. We've been spared, and then we're going to return with responsibilities, actually even judging between the righteous and the wicked. He's given us a lot of responsibilities. Back to Psalm 91 so far. Yeah, we're good. Psalm 91. Verse 4, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. You go first to the Word of God. If you're imperiled, oh no, the Chinese are coming. Go to the Word of God. Let him spare you. Let him hide you. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror at night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence, the diseases, that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, 
neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Let's stand on that. Can we stand on that? Oh, the you know, variation COVID disease X is uh, it's running rampant in the communities. Um, this says that that won't come near our place. It's not, it's not going to come near our place. You got to believe it. You got to own that scripture. You got to stand on it. You got to, you got to embrace it. Verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. That's a big snake. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. This is God speaking. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Long life is life eternal. That's, you know, living to be a hundred years old here is probably not as fun as going on to be with the Lord 75 years sooner. Right? As we know, as we get older, this life gets harder. You know, people ask, I'm, I'm 60, but I'm 60 going on 90. I'm not kidding. You know, I don't know what happened with my body a bit early. But um, it's mostly my fault, I'm sure. But um, I look forward to what the Lord will do at the resurrection. And we'll have bodies that can't perish. We won't have to ever fear death or illness or anything anymore. Will there be human beings here? Yes, there will be. Will they continue to be here? Sure sounds like it. You get to the end of Revelation and that new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven and it's got those huge pearls for the gates. There's 12 gates. And you've heard of the pearly gates and then all these secular people hear something about the pearly gates and then they do these renderings of St. Peter He's not guarding the gates of heaven. That is insane. That's not scriptural. That's something the Catholics made up. Um, and then they'll show these big gates that are encrusted with pearls all over them. Read your Bible, people. You know, it's, it's interesting that you know, when you told Abraham your descendants would be as numerous as the sand on the seashore, I mean, you can fill a five-gallon bucket with sand and that covers all the people on earth and have ever been on earth. But uh, if it's a world without end and it truly does go on, then, then that we'll reach what that point. will be true. It'll reach that point. Well, it is a world without end, according to Solomon. Um, now, these are big individual pearls, and they never close. Individual pearls. I really believe Christian's right when she had the idea that we see these big mountains under the ocean and she said what if some of these are oysters 
and they're each making a pearl for the New Jerusalem gates. And when I heard that in my spirit, I just knew it was true. I just knew that that's how God makes pearls, isn't it? How does God make pearls? Oysters. How does he make pearls the size that he's talking about on these gates? Great big oysters, <laughs> right? So I thought that was a, you know, a beautiful thing to consider. And those are the kinds of things that, that God likes to hear. The, the faith of a child. That's what he wants to hear. The faith of a child. And, um, but no, we will be going into some troubling times. And I would say 90% of it is going to be manufactured news. Not even really the, not really the case. Especially now with artificial intelligence. And they can make all this deep fake stuff. They can just tell one of these AI computers, we need a scene of total chaos to break out at Eagle Pass, Texas. We need to see the these uh, people waving Texas flags and MAGA shirts and hats. We need to see them being slaughtered and trampled by by foreigners. We need to we need to show them that on the news. So the computer makes makes the whole little scene there. Might be 10, 15 minutes of, of video. It, what does it know? Well, we need some trucks. We know how to see trucks blow up. We know how to see people get shot. We know all this stuff. We can make this. It can do it, right? It, 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 absolutely, it can do it. Yeah, I've seen it actually. Like, it, I'm not just YouTube videos of it. I've actually seen it work. Um, you know, my wife has the program, um, and I think there's an adaptation of it. I think it's called ChatGPT4. Right. And um, that's the one that does like the videos and stuff like that. And um, she doesn't have that one, so I haven't seen that one firsthand. But I've seen plenty of ads and other other people that have used it, and it, it can do that. It's it's freaky. I mean, literally, you can just do a talk to text, say do this, that, and the other, create this scene or that. And in just a few minutes, I mean, it'll, you know... It makes a video. Yes. Well, there's nothing artificial about de demonic possession. Uh, no, yeah. that's right. It's demons. It's not artificial. Not, not <laughs> artificial. <laughs> so, uh, but right. know that you hide yourself in Christ. You pray Psalm 91. You know that nothing can harm you. We ask for wisdom to discern the truth. Uh, I was listening to a fellow speaking earlier today we had listened to, he's a he's a minister but he's also kind of a conspiracy guy which you know so are we all but he took it a little bit too far he said oh yeah ten thousand chinese a day are coming over the border there's just hundreds of thousands no 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 no. why did he say that the guy said are you certain of this he said i'm 100 percent certain now i think he probably really thinks that and some of the contacts that he has that he believes he can trust are just deep state psyops. That's what they are. Um, we talked about how there's a shadow FBI. They, you know, when the three Secret Service agents uh, that were involved directly in, in JFK's assassination, when they were approached by other authorities there in Dallas that day, they showed their credentials. They were real. The real Cer Secret Service agents couldn't couldn't dispute it. Well, there's your badge. Yep. But they weren't Secret Service. Or Clowns in Action PsyOps. So they, they're doing more of it now. Um, 
these uh, FBI so-called that set up that man and got him to sell that suppressor? Is that real FBI? I doubt it because there was no crime being committed until they got there to set the crime up. Same thing with kidnapping the governor of uh, Michigan. There was 25 people involved and 18 of them were so-called FBI. Real FBI? No, I doubt it. PSYOP FBI. These uh, deep state and, and, and a real FBI agent could look at their credentials. Well, it looks legit. You know, uh, that's the badge. That's the insignia. That's the authentication. You're FBI. But he's not. He's not any more FBI than those so-called Secret Service at JFK's assassination with Secret Service. We've reached a time when we don't know who to trust. So what do we do? We trust God. Somebody with the January 6th bullshit. They were in there setting it up, making oh, they, it. They let a uh, little video out uh, today of uh, some dude in the crowd up there shooting. Hmm. Hmm. You see, that hadn't been brought out until well, I saw it today. Well, again, even what we see, we don't know. Mm-hmm. All we can do is trust this word and know that it's truth. This is our plumb line. God's word is true, and let every man be a liar. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. We're at an hour there. Anybody wants to add anything? I want Philippians verse that says, Be anxious for nothing, Mm -hmm. but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's right. And that peace of God that surpasses all understanding of regard to heart and mind. That one there really rings true with me. Be anxious for nothing. There's not much we can do about it in our right. frail bodies here. God gave us the warning signs, and we're seeing this whole thing un- unravel right now. We are, and um, we ought to be excited <clears throat> for the return. We ought to be excited for the Lord to come catch away His church. Yes, um, that's right. Okay, let's um, let's close and uh, James, I'll ask you to close this if you will. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to come together, fellowship, and learn of your word. Lord, I pray for Sam here beside me, Lord, as he's about to embark on a lifelong yes. endeavor. Lord, I pray that you lift him up. Lord, I pray for my nephew back here, Forrest, and whatever he's getting into, Lord, that you put your hand on him. For the rest of us here, Lord, we know about the time we've had. Lord, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Thank you. Nice.